Hi, I'm Craig. And I'm Linda. And this is the Indie Travel Podcast at IndieTravelPodcast.com. This week it's episode 260 and we're talking about Spain by train. Craig wrote that title, I did not. Don't (laughs) blame me. (laughs) You had to say it though. Well, I hope that you had a great Christmas and great New Year's. We have published a podcast or so since then, but uh, this is the first one we've actually recorded in the new year. Uh, We've had ongoing technical problems with the website, and that's delayed things a bit. But we're here, we're back. As far as I know, the website is working right now, and uh, looking forward to 2013. Yeah, 2013 is going to be a great year. We're really looking forward to it. Our plan so far is, well, we've got a few more weeks here in Jerez, then we're heading to the Canaries, then we're heading up to Austria for a bit. After that, well, we've got a few months free where we don't know really what we're doing at all. And we've agreed to rent an apartment in Berlin for the summer, so we're really looking forward to that. Yeah, and after that, we're going to head east and explore some more of Eastern Europe. South, really. Southy, Southy Easty, I suppose. (laughs) I guess. And then, uh, well, far south, hopefully making it back to New Zealand for November, December time, so we can spend Christmas with family and friends. Yeah, it should be good. And our time here in Jerez has been good as well. Unfortunately, I didn't find any work. You know, I got a little bit of a few leads on English teaching, but uh, didn't really come. Nothing really came of it, so that sucked. But we've been doing lots of exciting things. We've been visiting bodegas, and uh, over the next week, we're going to visit a hammam and the zoo, and also a mystery of Jerez and Palacio del Tiempo uh, museum, which should be really good. Yeah, but I guess we'll talk about uh, Jerez and Andalusia in a future podcast since we've been here for so long. We've certainly got enough to say about it. Yeah, that's right. And uh, today we are going to be talking about Spain as well, but talking about the end of our indie rail adventure. That's right. Our last leg of the indie rail trip was in Spain because we wanted to see a bit more of Spain. We have spent a lot of time in Spain, but there are a lot of cities that we haven't seen at all. So uh, we're going to be talking about Barcelona, Zaragoza, Cordoba and Granada. And also a little bit about Jerez, but we'll leave most of that for later. Absolutely. Uh, today we're also going to be publishing pre-release information for uh, two of our newest books. Well, our two newest books, I guess, would be the the most accurate way of phrasing <laughs> that. Uh, Buenos Aires by Stephanie Ockerman and Las Vegas by Lenore Greiner. These are the first of the city guides that we're putting out through Indie Travel Media and Indie Travel Guides. And uh, we're super excited. We've got a great price, um, $9.99 for pre-orders. And that will be, uh, yeah, either of those books um, includes the the PDF, the Nook, the Kindle, printable maps. And we'll also be doing some special discounting on the app versions of those and the uh, handing out some coupons for the print books. Um, But they'll be a little bit further down the track. But um, yeah. Yeah. books are going to be coming out in February. And yeah, you should buy them. We're really, all. really excited about it. So if you're going to Buenos Aires or Las Vegas later this year, please uh, support these authors and support us and go pick up a copy at a really good price. Let's start by talking about Barcelona. When we left you last on our journey through Indirail, we were in Andorra, which is a fantastic country, but very cold. Apparently it's snowing this week, which is good for them. Well, good for them if you want snow for skiing. Not so good if you like being warm. <laughs> it's been pretty cold here as well, actually. Not mm, too fun. Snowing in London today. That's awesome. <laughs> Glad we're not there. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, we were in Andorra and we were looking at um, traveling by train because we had our URL passes, courtesy of acprail.com. Thanks for that. 
Um, and it was just impossible. It is not a good idea to try to travel from bus from Andorra to Barcelona by train. Don't do it. There's a direct bus. So we caught that. It took about three hours and cost less than 30 euros, which is less than the per day price of a URL pass anyway. So if you are thinking about doing that leg, this is the number one thing I can tell you. <laughs> Catch a bus. <laughs> and uh, yeah, after a... A reasonably late arrival. It was dark when we arrived. Uh, we were on the metro out to our friend Ruben's place. Um, Ruben is or was a couch surfer whom we met the first time we were in Barcelona a few years ago. And we he got in touch to say, you're coming back? When, when, when? <laughs> and so we went to stay with him and it was excellent as always. It was awesome. He's got a really small apartment and he doesn't take couch surfers anymore, but he made a special exception for us. So we're <laughs> sleeping in the kitchen. <laughs> And uh, yeah, it was really good to hang out with him. We had a barbecue one night, drank too much. You know, you know how it is. Um, most of the time, though, we're, we're not actually the biggest fans of Barcelona. Barcelona is an amazing, beautiful, special, great city. But it's just not ours. It's mm. not. I always thought I'd love it, but it never really caught me. And we've been two or three times now, and it's no. Yeah, it's like that Paris syndrome thing, eh? You expect so much, and then it's another city yeah. with its own special things um, like the Sagrada Familia for example is yeah. a very unique piece of architecture or the Gaudi Park it's called Park Güell it's amazing mm. really amazing we were there we didn't go this time we were there in 40 degree heat which was quite impressive yeah the last time this time in Barcelona it was the coldest day they had had for quite some time <laughs> and before then I think it was the hottest day on record we so really I, I, I think we got the hottest and coldest days ever yeah. in Barcelona so we didn't really do all that much while we were in Barcelona we hung out with Ruben uh, we walked down to the port we were asked to kiss each other by a photographer. By a photographer. <laughs> <laughs> that was quite weird. So he's going to publish a photo of us on his blog, which is something like 100kisses.com or something like that. Yeah, it's a, it was a weird little art project. He's traveling around the world, um, taking photos of people kissing yeah. and then, uh, yeah, publishing them. That's his, that's his project. That's so awesome. And we were there during funny. Halloween as well. So we went to this bar to get some work done. And the barman was dressed up as a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It was quite surreal. But yeah, other things that you can do in Barcelona, which we didn't do. We said the Sagrada Familia, the Gaudi Park. Eating is a big thing. Oh my goodness, the food there is really fantastic. So tapas, well, pinchos, I suppose it would be. And uh, La Rambla Street Market. It was a street and it's just lined with market stalls. It's just really nice. I picked up a, a couple of bracelets there while I was there last and it's nice. Well, we headed down to Zaragoza next, and we kind of jumped in and jumped out of Zaragoza, and we then did. back again, because our time in Zaragoza was also our time at the World Travel Market, which is a big travel trade conference, convention, showroom, um, which we went to this year. Yeah, I was a bit bitter with Craig, actually, because, you know, when we were planning our trip, I said, right, we need to spend time in Spain. We need to explore Spain. We need to have at least a couple of weeks of this big trip in Spain. He said, yes, 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 that sounds great. Let's do that. And then he promptly said, oh, but we need to go to this this conference in England, in England. Oh, my goodness. England is lovely. England is great. But in winter, England is not the most salubrious of places. So he took me to England in November. Now, we had a really great time. We hang out with a lot of bloggers. It was fantastic, but it was not Spain. <laughs> no, no, no. 
And we found something new for London, which is a modern-style hostel at yeah. uh, Safe Stay down in Elephant and Castle, which isn't the most salubrious it's of lovely. locations. But, um, yeah, Safe Stay, go look it up. It's pretty much brand new um, and really one of the best hostels we've stayed at in London. Definitely. Yeah, we've had some... Well, that's not actually saying very much because we've had some pretty bad experiences with hostels in London, but this was a good experience. I, I think most people do. <laughs> That's why it was so special. So um, we were talking about Zaragoza. Well, right, Zaragoza. <laughs> Zaragoza. We came from Barcelona and actually um, the problem with using a URL pass in Spain is that most of the trains require a reservation and they're expensive. The medium, um, medium distant trains cost three euros, which is great, but there aren't that many of them. And most of the other trains cost 10 euros or even 23 euros for a reservation, which is a lot of money. Well, I managed to find one train that went from Barcelona to Zaragoza, uh, and it was a regional train, but it took five hours instead of two and a half. However, it was free. <laughs> we already had the URL passes, and we didn't have to pay any extra for the reservation, so we took that. But it left at nine o'clock, and of course, nine o'clock isn't a very good time for us. So we, uh, we kind of had a mad dash to get to the station. And What we... Linda's trying to say is that we tend to sleep in quite a lot. <laughs> well... It was about an hour trip from Rubens to the station. Mm. We had to leave the house and walk to the metro, catch the metro, you know. So we had to get up quite early. But we made it, we made it, we got our seats. It was great. Uh, we arrived in Zaragoza and we had a really nice lunch that was recommended to us by our couch surfing host in a Chinese restaurant. They had a menu del dia and it was, oh my goodness, there was so much food. <laughs> yeah. I think we had four courses, five courses, something like that, plus wine. And it was seven or eight euros. It was yeah. mad. It was incredible. Um, but apart from eating lunch in a little Chinese restaurant recommended to you by a local, um, <laughs> Zaragoza, I really just enjoyed wandering around. Um, there's a river that runs through it, but the riverside itself wasn't all that wonderful. It was worth going down and having a look. Apparently it's but really good the, for tapas. Oh, really? All oh, the bars along there mm -hmm. at night? Aha. Uh -huh. We were there in the afternoon and evening, so... Everything was still shut. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed wandering around the main tourist zone, I guess, um, considering the over-large tourism office. and the, uh, <laughs> But the, yeah, the cathedral, the main square, the statues, the old bell towers, um, all that nice Roman into medieval Spanish Arab influences and then into the kind of... Um, late medieval Christian period of Spain, it, just beautiful, and then all the Renaissance stuff, and it was great. Yeah, and we were lucky because our couch surfing host took us for a walk to all the main sites. We even went into the uh, the basilica, which is called the Basilica de Nuestra Señora de, del Pilar, or the Pilar Church, if you're you know lazy, <laughs> <laughs> or just um, La Pilar is yeah. also is also what it's called. And uh, you, we walked in and we had a look at the statue for which the the whole enormous and beautiful edifice is named this tiny little virgin statue <laughs> yeah i think the the virgin de pilar is is famous worldwide people make pilgrimages from all over the catholic world to to get there so um interesting mm, it was Very really interesting. great um, and there was the, uh, the castle as well. Uh, oh, yeah. what, what I like to, well, cause I'm lazy and can never remember the name of it. The, the mini Alcazar. 
<laughs> oh, the mini it's called Alhambra. The That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the notes. <laughs> I don't look at the notes. You, you know the that. Upper hall. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, this is a um, Arabic castle, defensive structure, palace, palace uh, but it's been heavily restored, and so um, unlike. Well, a, a lot of the, the Arab remains that are in Spain, uh, this has all been reworked. I've seen some people and some guides kind of refer to it like, well, the paint's still drying. <laughs> um, but I, I think it's worthwhile, especially because it's, it's only, uh, I think, five euros and comparing that with most of the other mm. kind of buildings that you pay to go into in Spain, that's a good price. And it was a nice way to spend a couple of hours. Beautiful um, inner courtyards and... I liked it. Of course, it had Spanish opening hours. So when we tried to visit at four <laughs> o'clock, we're completely, com- we just completely failed. So we had to go yeah. back again. Um, but yeah, it was it was really good value. Um, we should take a moment and say thanks to our Indie Rail sponsors. We've already mentioned acprail.com, who hooked us up with a URL Global Pass to get around. Um, and we also had help from Drone.nl. Oh, they were great. And that was an excellent little... I don't know, tiny, tiny little device which threw a wireless internet signal and, you know, mobile roaming, wow, yay. But this was the same price for every country in Europe. It was mm-hmm. just one fixed price and we could use it in every country. I think with so this kind of trip, was, it's, it's the perfect solution. Yeah. Because, well, we're here in Spain for a long time. We've got Spanish SIM cards, so we're sorted. But, you know, some of these places we visited, we were there for a day or two days or three days. Yeah. We couldn't get a SIM card for each of those days. Yeah. That would be stupid and expensive. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, we still got to to share photos, um, update you guys on Twitter and Facebook as we went, and that was just magical. It was, was so brilliant. good being able to be wandering around a city and ask for your advice on where to eat or where to go or see something great and snap a photo and upload it. Mm-hmm. So they were excellent. Yep, and our other main sponsor was Urban Adventures, who organized us day tours in a lot of the places we visited, and they were really brilliant. Indeed. Um, none in Spain, though. No, we were going to do one in Barcelona, but the dates just didn't work. Yeah. Because um, we were only there for two days. <laughs> I guess guess you can't blame them with that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, come check out IndieTravelPodcast.com slash IndieRail. Uh, we've got links to those sponsors, and uh, we've also got links to the stories that we've been telling. It needs a little bit of updating, uh, but hopefully we'll have that soon. The most recent stories from IndieRail are definitely up there. Alright, so after Zaragoza we caught the fast train to Cordoba and wow, it was very fast. It did require a reservation, it was 10 euros and we actually just showed up at the station quite late in the piece actually, only about 10 minutes or 5 minutes before the train was going to leave and we were kind of like, hurry up lines, we need to get to the front, we get to the front. And we got to the front and we are like, can we have a reservation please, can we have a seat reservation? <laughs> and the guy was just walking slowly <laughs> and he kind of clicked that it was for the train that was leaving in four minutes. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, it was 10 euros, which is a lot better than it could have been because um, we had first class URL passes and quite often the first class reservations are 23.50 and you do get something with it, you usually get a meal and coffee and a drink, but you know, that's about 50 euros for the both of us, <laughs> you know, it's a fair chunk of the lunch. budget. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the the high speed trains in Spain, well, right throughout Europe, you'll find it 
everywhere the uh, the RVs and the high speed ones go. Uh, you have to have your bag scanned, so just like going to an airport. Yeah, that was and, weird. And uh, when you're running late and you've just managed to get your reservation <laughs> and trying to get through, it's not always the best. But we made it and we got on the train and uh, yeah, just barreled down, didn't it? It was fast. When we got off the train, we found a bar to, to hang out in because we were going to be couch surfing. But um, we couldn't meet our host until later in the day because he was off traveling somewhere. So we found a, a bar, we sat down, and uh, we ordered drinks, and free tapas came with them. And we could choose which tapa we wanted. So we sat there for about two hours. We had three drinks between us and four tapas, something like that. And we thought the bill was going to be quite expensive because, you know, quite often when you get a free tapa, they hike up the price of the drink to, to compensate. Well, for all of that, we paid about four euros fifty. <laughs> I was just a bit staggered, actually. <laughs> yeah, it was, and it was delicious. A couple of coffees, a couple of wines, and honestly, the the nicest tapas that yeah. we've we've had anywhere in Spain, actually. Well, beautiful little sauces really beautiful. with beautiful mini salads. That's I true. A, I had a mini hamburger. It was about the size of a a closed fist, maybe if you look at the this top. Bit. Mm-hmm. And. Um, yeah, it, it was, was beautifully constructed, and it came with a little salad and little a few salad chips, and like four or five chips, like it was awesome. big potato French fry kind of chip. Like it was a saucer-sized what? meal. What? It was amazing. Yeah, it. it, it was Why did we not go back there? It was a meal and a saucer. I don't know, but I I'm holding that up as the the ideal Spanish oh. tapas bar, <laughs> like a cup of coffee, two glasses of wine, and three little mini meals. And that was just for me. (laughs) And and you had stuff as well, a couple of drinks and some more tapas. And yeah, under five euros. It was amazing. I was like, what on earth are you doing? So we found the tapas in Cordoba were really, really good. And it was Mm. quite often this way. You order a drink and you got a free tapa. And you could often choose what you wanted. It wasn't like, oh, here's your tapa. Because when we were in Extremadura, you quite often got a snack, Mm. like maybe some olives or some chips. But you couldn't choose what you wanted. But in Cordoba, yeah, it was completely... Whatever you liked, they had a list, and you just see what you wanted. Sometimes the lists were enormous, though. It was very difficult to choose. Well, we I really like Cordoba. We were staying with a guy called Luis, a Paraguayan guy, and he was very nice and looked after us well. Mm. Um, however, the thing to do in Cordoba is the Mesquita, which is the largest mosque in all of Spain. We did not go to it. <laughs> so people say... When we tell people that we went to Cordoba, they're like, oh, Mosquito. We're like, oh, oh no. <laughs> we didn't quite manage to get there. Uh, we were planning on going the last day before we left to go to Granada, and we just got up too late. So we're actually really terrible travellers. <laughs> we, we're going to go back. We will go back. One day we'll be back. We will. <laughs> we're just saving it for next time. Well, you know, I really enjoyed going to the tower on the other side of the river. So oh, yeah, the Calahorra mo- Tower. Yeah, most of the cities on one side of the river. And there's a, a big, beautiful bridge leading over Roman arches, old uh, medieval water mills, well, the ruins of them, uh, just down below it. Lots of birds, lots of kind of wetland area. Very, very pretty. And then on the other side is a, a watchtower that... Mm-hmm used to be the control point for people crossing over into the city. And they've turned this into a museum of Arabic culture in Cordoba. It was really and cool. I really liked that. That was very much worthwhile. They gave us some headsets, and as you walked into a room, you had to press a button, and it would set off a 
a recorded message about what you were seeing in, in the room, which was a really nice way to do it, I thought. Although yeah. the headsets were very uncomfortable. <laughs> and it was quite funny. If you walk just a little bit too far out of the zone, the <laughs> radio contact switch channels. <laughs> so you had to kind of, you couldn't wander around all of the room while listening to it. You That's had to right. stay in that part of the room. Don't but walk around the no, room. No, you could walk around <laughs> the room within quite large parameters. Anyway, that, that's one thing we did. And another thing we did was visited the Alcazar, which was, um, I suppose, the palace or the fortress. And uh, that was really worthwhile. It cost 680 to get in. And uh, that included, well, the entrance for the day and also a night show. So we had to come back later on. They told us what time we had to come back. I think they have three showings a night. And we were told yours is at 9.30. So <laughs> we, um, we wandered around and it was, it was cool. I really liked the night show, though, because... Mm. There wasn't a lot going on inside the, the palace complex. It was nice old buildings and a good view from the top of the tower and really nice gardens. But the, the light show at night was, was really fun. It was. It was quite, uh, quite cheesy. It was but, cheesy. But quite fun. <laughs> um, and, well, when I sat and edited the, uh, the podcast for that week in the back of an auditorium, you listened to a... That's right, it was a, a lecture. Ma- a magazine le- a mm-hmm. lecture from a whole lot of journalists? It was, a, it was the launch of a magazine, a history magazine. That was, Luis was going, and so I said we'd go along with her. And it was really interesting. They had a little debate, and one of the, uh, I think she was one of the historians, she had the strongest Andalusian accent I've ever heard. It was hilarious. And uh, it was just brilliant. <laughs> it was. Oh, and we indeed. also visited the Fine Arts Museum. Yeah, that was cool. That was really nice. And we got them for free for some reason. That was good. Yeah. I don't know how that worked. <laughs> no, I, mean, I, I think maybe the trick is you just go up and go, are there discounts for students? And they go, sure, go in. No, I think they, all they, Spanish they residents. Oh, is it Spanish yeah. residency card this time? Yeah. It's, it's quite funny the amount of time Linda's gone. And there are discounts for students and they're gone, yeah, it's free, go on in. Not, are you a student? <laughs> <laughs> I think questions. that's only happened once. Oh, anyway. well. The thing that I remember about Cordoba is the little Arabic tea room that we went to. Oh, that into. was great. I've um, forgotten about that. There's, there's a few of them around the city. Um, but yeah, we just went in and had uh, mint tea and just sat and talked with Luis. And yeah, it, it reminded me of Turkey a lot, mm-hmm. but it was a lot quieter yep. than Turkey. A lot more relaxed, <laughs> a lot more sedate. Yeah, we could order just one tea and that was fine. Although <laughs> the tea did cost a lot more than in Turkey. Yeah, well. So. And yeah, we went out for tapas again and the tapas were great. The tapas were not great in Granada. Actually, we were super, super disappointed by the tapas in Granada, which no, was our next stop. And that was unusual because the tapas in Granada is something that people speak about. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a thing, you know, it's the tapas in Granada. They are the worst tapas I've ever had in my entire life. Wow. They were so bad. You said that you're saying that in your angry voice. I'm angry. I'm really <laughs> angry because I, I expected after the joy of Cordoba, you know, free tapas with drink. I was like, wow, this is awesome. They're not charging extra for the drink and the tapas are great. Get to Granada. They charge you so much more for the drink and the tapas are, insert bad word here. <laughs> they were just, it was mostly bread and dry bread, you know, with like it might be a montadito, which is like a sandwich, but the, the bread was dry and there was hardly any filling and mm, just not great. Bad, in fact. Very bad. Yeah, it was kind of like, um, yeah, carb filler to go with big, cheap lager. Mm. It wasn't, you know, wasn't what you would expect. It no. was more well, like actually, a, a Weatherspoons burger or something like that. Weatherspoons burgers are better. <laughs> we were talking with um, a fellow blogger of ours, Lauren, and she said that 
she lived in Granada for a while and she thought that she didn't like Spanish food because of... Yeah, that's right. Because of the tapas in Granada. And now she runs a food tour company in Madrid. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so she, she, she went home, she came back, went somewhere else and realized, oh, Spanish food is actually really good. So you can't judge Spanish food by Granada. That's what we've learned. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the train down there was once again blazingly fast, mm -hmm. and once again we were almost late and had to run through the. We got no, there no, and we're, we're like, we've, we've got heaps of time. This is all good. We're awesome. Let's go get a <laughs> coffee. And so we went and got some coffees to take away from the cafe. They're like, right, let's go to the platform. And Five then, minutes to go. And then we walked out onto the wrong part of the enormous train station. That's right, it was and huge. Went, Wait. We're not meant to be here. We're meant to... Okay, I see that those stairs over there are the ones we need to go to. That's mm -hmm. like 400 meters away. It was and really so far. We, you could we, only we, access it from one side. We, we, we started fast walking, fast walking, <laughs> fast walking. And then we got there and then there was um, security scanners and security guards as well. Yep. <laughs> I'm like, the train's coming in three minutes. Come on, get us through. Go, go, go. <laughs> the train was late, of course, after all that. Of course. We had reservations for first class this time, so it was the more expensive reservation. This did include a small snack. We were kind of welcomed onto the train by two stewards and shown to our seat and given a, a cup of coffee and a snack. Now, the snack was a snack. It wasn't really a meal. It was quite an expensive snack. That's okay. But they kept coming back and saying, would you like another coffee? Would you like a drink? And, you yeah. know, it was good. It was good. It was nice. And big, an older train, but big comfy seats. and Yeah, very yeah, comfortable. It was good. Um, and a terrible movie on in the little <gasps> little TV. It was hilarious. Oh, man. It I was just so kept bad. on looking up and just looking at the melodramatic faces and the, the stiff <laughs> acting and just giggling to myself, then going, looking back out the window again. So let's talk about what we actually did in Granada. We've talked about oh, getting no, there and no, we've talked no, about no, the food. No one cares about that. <laughs> <laughs> so the funny thing about Granada was that we arrived and we went to a hotel that we'd seen listed on, on booking.com. And uh, we said, look, we've seen you on, on booking.com, but we'd kind of like to just, just book in now. Like, you haven't made a res reservation. We said, no, but can you give us the same rate? And they said, no. <laughs> I think it was going to be, was it 20 euro, 30 euros a night? 20, 20 euros a night. And the cheapest they could give us was 30. So they said, but that's okay. You can use our Wi-Fi. Just go back into the, <laughs> into the salon and, and book it on the internet and then come back and show me the reservation and we'll go from there. Yeah, so they gave us a Wi-Fi voucher. <laughs> we sat down in the, the hotel lobby and made the reservation, went back with the booking number and booked in and saved ourselves about 40 euros, I yeah. think it was, over the time we were there. It was hilarious. But it was good. We got a good, comfortable room, nice and quiet. Yep. It was good because at that time was the big uh, general strike. So we could hear people kind of in the distance filling the streets, walking and, and protesting yeah. all day. I mean, that, that day, nothing was open. There were tens of thousands of people out there. Yeah. I went down into the, um, the hotel reception at one point and the door, big glass doors were all bolted and deadlocked shut and chained up. And, uh, you know, there were people walking past with things on fire, like <laughs> pushing a rubbish bin on fire, someone else holding a flare, smoke filling the streets, signs mm. and drums and chanting. And the poor receptionists, because it's a general strike, they shouldn't have been working. So they were hiding behind the hotel reception desk. And if someone came and knocked on the door, they'd kind of poke their heads up above the reception desk look to see if it was a customer or not, and then scurry out to unlock the side door 
and like let people in. So um, I felt really sorry for them having to spend the uh, the day in the hotel reception with the lights off, hiding behind the desk. It and, was really uh, weird though was, walking down the street odd. because everything was shut except for one or two clothes shops. And I thought, <laughs> yeah, why right. would you go shopping on the day like, of a general strike? No, it was very Spanish. You do the strike in the morning. And then you go home for lunch, and then you come back and you do the strike in the evening from about four until late. And in the meantime, the strike's not on, so your clothes shops can open. <laughs> well, we had a lot of trouble finding lunch anyway, because all of the restaurants were shut. We did find one place and it was okay. But things we did, well, things right. we did. Yeah, yeah, you just spent another five minutes talking, talking about meta stuff, about, uh, about Granada. Well, I suppose that the big thing that we did was the, um, the Alhambra. Yeah, it's probably one of the most famous sites in the world, and we did go there. So yeah, we did. It was yes, great. We made it to one of these things. <laughs> well, we managed to, to plan our time well in this case. With the Alhambra, you have to choose to either go in the morning or the afternoon. Your ticket is only valid for one or the other. And uh, there are different areas of the Alhambra. One is kind of free to enter. Uh, one, you have to go at a certain time. You get told the time. You have to be there at that time. If you don't go in at that time, you can't go in. And the other ones, you can enter only once, and and that's it. So you really need to organize where you're going to go at what time, when you're going to leave it. It requires a little bit of planning. Uh, so we managed to do it all in the morning, and uh, it worked out quite well. Yeah, Linda wrote a really good post on how to visit the Alhambra, which is already live, right? Yes, it got it published is. Yep. this week. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, go check that out. And uh, if you are going during the high season, make sure you book in advance. Mm-hmm. Um, saw on Facebook um, someone from ITP saying that they tried to go and uh, could not get in. It was fully booked. and. They were there and got turned away. Oh, so man. check out Linda's article and, um, yeah. If yeah, you can book online and uh, there's also a, an office in the, in the city centre. So if you're going to be in Granada, at least go there the day before and book it. Don't, mm. don't go up to the, um, to the complex and expect to be able to get in unless you're in low season. Because that's exactly what we did. I'm saying you shouldn't, but <laughs> if it's winter, you're fine. Well, we've been going for about 30 minutes, so I guess we'd better wrap up. Um, but before we do, Granada, I mean, the Alhambra is the big tourist blockbuster thing that everyone's heard of. What I enjoyed doing was wandering around some of the other neighbourhoods on the other side of the valley. Um, and that was really cool. Um, we found a, a secret trove of street art. I'd been yes. <laughs> wandering around going, there are all of these beautiful cities. I'm expecting more more kind of alternative culture, more... But we found it. Yes, yes we, had a, we had a guide, actually. We were going to be staying with some couch surfers, but they had a flood. So the room that would have been ours was not an operation. And she felt really bad about not being able to offer us a place. We were, we were fine with that. But she said, look, I'll, I'll take you around. And so um, Martina was her name. She took us for a trip around the Albison and Sacramonte and showed us all her favorite bits and pieces. And it was really cool. And we ended up having tapas with her and bad tapas, her and her <laughs> boyfriend uh, later on in the evening. It was nice. And um, yeah, well, that was Granada. Go check out those neighborhoods and uh, I'll put some photos up to help you see a little bit of what we've so poorly described about these neighborhoods. <laughs> um, and that was pretty much it. Our last train trip for Indie Rail was from Granada 
to Jerez. That's right. So we did some research to find out what the cheapest way to get from Granada to Jerez was with our URL passes. And it turns out that with the, um, the middle distance trains, you have to pay three euros reservation. And so we ended up getting two reservations because there was no direct train. So we had to go from Granada to Dos Hermanas and then from Dos Hermanas to Jerez. And it was, it was fine. Yeah, I think if you're coming to Jerez from almost anywhere in the north, you have to change at Dos Hermanas. Yeah, or, or at Seville. certainly what it seems like. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so we arrived in Jerez, which we knew very little about, but we knew it was probably going to be our home for the next three months um, because we had a lead on an apartment here. And our first few days we were couch surfing with uh, a couple on the kind of outside the newer area of town, Ana mm-hmm. and Diego. And um, it was about then that the website started to collapse and we got hit with a DDoS attack. And then Yay. My, uh, pretty much my life just stopped for a, a month or six weeks. And we're still picking up the pieces from mid-November uh, now in mid-January. So we're quite lucky, actually, but, um, because we were stopped. <laughs> it, was, it was good that all of that happened while we were in one place and planning to be in one place. But it wasn't the nicest introduction to Harry's. No, you're right. Beautiful people, nice first day, first night, wake up the next morning. Oh, whoops, your work for the last six years has disappeared. Great. Yeah, but things Um, are looking up again, so we're we're quite happy about that. They are indeed. And so it was a rather dramatic end to Indie Rail. (laughs) (laughs) Went off with a bang. (laughs) Yeah, it was an end in more ways than one. And uh, it really kind of created a dividing line between that big, huge trip and our time in Jerez, which mm. only really feels like it started a few weeks ago around Christmas time. Yeah, yeah. But things are looking good now. We're going to be doing more exciting things over the next few weeks. And then we're leaving. Can't believe it's almost over. I know. It's mad, isn't it? So, yeah, we'll save Jerez and Cadiz for another day. And, uh, yeah, just just leave it there. That's the, the end of Indie Rail. It was, it was amazing. <laughs> but um, if you've got questions about train travel in Europe. I've been getting a, several more through Facebook. Uh, you can also hit the ITP community forums at mm-hmm. indietravelpodcast.com slash forums. Um, unless I've broken it in the meantime, they're now <laughs> up and working again. And um, yeah, I'd be happy to, to share information with you and uh, help you out. And please support our Indie Rail sponsors, acprail.com with rail passes and e-tickets available worldwide, urbanadventures.com who do excellent day tours, drone.nl who are cutting down on your international data roaming costs and uh, tell them we sent you or visit indietravelpodcast.com slash indierail first and then click through to check out their sites because if you do that we get a bit of a commission and we like it when you do that (laughs) and when you're on the site do come check out these new books we've got the las vegas guide and the buenos aires guide Um, they'll be out mid-february and pre-sale special pricing now it's very exciting for us. We hope you'll come and support the authors, uh, Lenore Greiner and Stephanie Ackerman, and support us. We're looking forward to a great year. Well, that's us for this week. Until next week, travel well.